Okay, welcome everyone who's joined so far. Um, I think we'll just wait one or two minutes just to let some more people join and then we're going to start. Okay, I think most people are in now. So, okay, so good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to today's uh, Global Payroll Industry Leader panel discussion. So before we get started, I just wanted to note that this webinar is being recorded and we have quite a lot of people on here today. So everyone will be muted except for myself and our panelists. If you have any questions or comments, just post them in the chat or the Q&A section. Um, I'll monitor those as we go along and we have some allocated some space at the end to go through some Q&A and um, a very short poll. So first of all, just to get started, I'd like to introduce you to our panel today. We're delighted to be joined by Colin Smith, who is International Payroll Manager at LogMeIn, and Julian Fischer, who is Head of HR at Get Your Guide. Our panel today is moderated by our very own Mary Holland, who is Chief Customer Officer here at Payslip. So um, I suppose Colin and Julian, would you like to just start off and tell us a bit about LogMeIn and Get Your Guide? Sure. Thanks, Aoife. Um, so yeah, so LogMeIn is a SaaS company, which stands for Software uh, as a Service. Um, headquartered in, in Boston, in the US, we provide um, a number of cloud software products to, to SMBs, um, such as what we're using today. So a lot of the attendees today, all of the attendees today, logged in through a GoToWebinar. Um, that's one of that's a LogMeIn product. Um, similar to GoToMeeting, some of you may have used also. Um, but other products that LogMeIn have, such as LastPass, your password management tool, or Rescue, or Bold products, a number of a suite of products that, that, that LogMeIn um, provides to, to SMBs. Uh, I look after 12 countries payroll um, outside um, of the US regions, anywhere from you know, Singapore to Brazil and, and, and everywhere in between. Well, thank you, Colin. Julian, do you want to give us a little snapshot on Get Your Guide? Yes, happy to. Thanks, Mary, and uh, hi, everybody. Glad to be here. Um, so for those who are not familiar with Get Your Guide, we are a booking platform for travel experiences. Uh, so that means that you can book things like uh, skip the line tickets to uh, attractions, or you can book walking tours or day trips on our website or mobile app. And um, as we want to be very present and visible wherever tourists go. Uh, we, we have offices and staff in 15 different countries. We're a mid-sized tech company with roughly 600 employees uh, based in Berlin, Germany. That's where I am based as well. And obviously as a player in the travel industry, we were quite heavily affected by the pandemic. I'm sure we're gonna talk about that at the course of, of this discussion. And um, yeah, so have been the HR and payroll activities, so yeah. Well, well, thank you. So let's um, let's just have a quick icebreaker question. So, Colin, um, 
What two items have you missed during the pandemic? Two items, only two items. Oh, only there's so two? many. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many to name. Um, I guess, uh, I guess, you know what I've really missed? You know, I, I coach a rugby, a local rugby team here, a kids local rugby team here. And it's really hard to coach non-contact in a contact sport. Uh, I've kind of missed that, trying to trying to coach and practice um, um, that. So that, that's been difficult, it's been challenging. Um, but likewise, you know, I've, I've been missing the things that everybody else has been missing, going to sporting events, going to the cinema, going to restaurants, you know, it's, 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 been, it's been tough. So, uh, you know, maybe my top two might be, um, I don't know, going to sporting events and, and, and coaching the local team, um, how, how not to do things and to, to, you know, remain apart. And yeah, it's been, it's been challenging for sure. Yeah, definitely with uh, uh, coaching kids that want to be able to play and they don't understand yeah. what's going on. It definitely is a challenge. How about you, Julian? Yeah, I think for me, the obvious but also honest answer is number one is travel. Um, I have been missing travel enormously and I, I love kind of every year take take one or two weeks off and visit a new country, visit a new city, just, you know, absorb all, all of the input and, and the culture, uh, or even just doing a weekend trip outside Berlin. There are beautiful places, lakes, and, and you know, some mountains if you drive a little further out, um, which, which I love to do just to disconnect. And right now that's not possible. We have a, a 15 kilometer radius that we're not allowed to leave uh, in this lock, lockdown phase. So it's, it's really hard and I can't wait to go back to travel. And I've heard a lot of people say the same, which uh, gives me hope that, that Get You Guide will, will come back to the to the surface very soon. And I guess the second piece would be, um, I miss exercising, going to the gym, because I'm really bad at exercising at home. I've tried different things and they haven't really worked. Maybe if people here in the group have tips, but um, that is something that I miss as well. Well, I definitely want travel too. Uh, I've used Get Your Guide when I've been over in Europe to get sites and uh, sign up for getting in line early for tickets. So I too want to the travel. I can hardly wait. I have my list ready. So, okay, well, let's get, let's get going. So the first question, with the ongoing onslaught of the pandemic, has been the biggest test for organizations' readiness in ensuring business continuity of global payroll operations. Never in our business continuity plans did we plan for every country we do business in to be impacted at the same time. What was the impact on your global payroll? What enhancements or processes or improvements are you making to continue to improve your business continuity plan? And I'm gonna address the first question over to Colin. Okay, um, I think, you know, last March, we're, we're nearly, well, we're 10 months into, into this now. Last March, the first concern when the office announced that they were closing was, okay, are the team okay? Um, you know, the, the first con first worry is about the immediate team. Um, can they, do they have, you know, are they, are they okay? Do they have the capacity to be able to work from home? Um, you know, do they have the technology set up to be able to facilitate that? 
Um, so so your, your first thought is, is the team, is, is your immediate surroundings and, and the people that are immediately around you and, and, and our ability to be able to continue working. Then secondly, um, I think we, we do worry about, because this is a global pandemic, this is all over the world, you think that we, we have local in-country providers, um, our ICPs, um, and we do worry about those. So can we have business continuity with our ICPs? Are our ICPs okay? Can they work from home okay? You know, so we reach out to them and, and kind of saying, you know, is everything okay your side? Um, you know, do we have, you know, do you have backup? You know, in the event, you know, we're always worried that the, the ICP might get COVID themselves, then what happens? So yeah, you know, you, we have disaster recovery plans for sure um, in the event that we have, we have problems there. Um, you know, I think from a log me in point of view, the, you know, we were probably more prepared than most companies just because we have remote, we have the ability to be able to remote access. We have products that we're used to using, such as GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar. So we were probably kind of more prepared than most to be able to kind of work from home or, or to, to adapt. Um, and, and our processes, you know, are fairly robust in, in you know, in the payroll function. We're, I'm constantly aware and trying to address vulnerabilities there. Um, you know, if we have a payroll, a small payroll with a small in-country provider, is that small in-country provider good enough? You know, can can they do what they need to do? If that one person in that you know uh, provider goes out sick, what happens then? So we're very aware of our vulnerabilities, and we try to we try to uh, address them across the board. But generally, I think you know, pre-pandemic, we were fairly we had fairly robust. You know, because I'm constantly like at them, fairly robust processes um, and always thinking about okay in the events that there is a disaster let's get into a war room let's discuss it let's come up with a plan so yeah okay well thank you for for uh, sharing Colin and I think that the key takeaway is that you had some technology and processes I guess the processes is really key especially in HR and uh, the global payroll footprint is having to find processes and kind of the continuous process piece uh, that you're doing to make sure looking for areas that might be a trouble spot. So Julian, sure. um, yeah. what happened in uh, Get Your Guide what, what, um, during, the, during our fun March event when we all got told we're supposed to work from home? Yeah, um, Get Your Guide one of, was one of the many companies that, that Colin mentioned that were not prepared for, for going remote quickly. Um, so we, before the pandemic, we were a very kind of face-to-face -face kind of company. We had just moved into a large new headquarters office. Uh, our culture was always around, you know, face-to-face. Uh, -face. Our uh, founders were, you know, rather skeptical about a larger work from home uh, policy. So March hit us really, uh, intensely with you know rethinking how how we work and um, we did move to work from home very quickly because we didn't really have a choice um, but that meant that we had to very quickly come up with a very basic work from home policy or things like guidelines for parents who are working from home um, thinking about equipment that people would need now that they're working from home thinking about what to do with this large office that we were in the middle of um, preparing and decorating and investing in um, so, yeah, we, we were not prepared for that. Uh, we moved very quickly. And um, right now we're, you know, everybody is for a 
for the most part working from home. The office is open for people to every now and then uh, visit. Um, the big question for us is how do we proceed as a company and what is our culture once we get out of the pandemic? Uh, we might have a chance to touch on that, on that point later. Um, the other big factor for business continuity for us in 2020 was all about cost saving. Uh, we realized very quickly that customer bookings went down um, in some areas by 99%. So essentially people were not booking any, any trips or any, any tickets anymore because they couldn't travel anywhere. Um, so that very quickly changed our focus uh, from hiring, scaling and introducing new systems quickly to actually hitting the brake and, and uh, thinking about how we can how we can reduce the cost so that we can still go through the pandemic in a reasonable way. So we shifted quickly to um, a hiring freeze, stopping certain projects in HR and also in payroll and looking very quickly into certain government programs. Uh, for example, we have this program in Germany where people reduce their working hours and then the um, missed salary is partially funded by the government. And uh, actually we introduced such programs in, I believe, eight or nine countries. Um, so our HR and payroll managers had to do an you know, intensive, quick job to learn about those and, and introduce them. Um, and with that, we were able to kind of keep our cost structure in place, also kind of OPEX and, uh, and, and all the other costs that, that uh, we needed to look out for, and actually go through the pandemic and kind of come, come out of it, well, it's not over, but at least we're now in a phase where we can um, have the occasional hire and um, invest into our people again, um, have, have uh, performance review cycles. And uh, the, you know, this year looks a little brighter than, than when I zoomed back to March 2020. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the two industries are, are so different. And where we had set, we definitely saw the technology growth, and then and anybody that had the footprint with the anything from travel to food services to restaurants, all of that, all of our socialization things that were missing, um, had the impact. And yes, definitely an impact, especially as you mentioned the culture of your company. And we'll be um, deep diving into that a little bit more. So our our next question is during uh, 2020. Payroll organizations had a sharp wake-up call at their global payroll operations and models. And on the effect of the pandemic, they looked at exposure areas and they recognized that in some areas, solutions just were not working. It was clear to many that many hadn't digitized their processes and they hadn't looked at future-proofing their payroll operations. It's now an essential requirement to have a digital and automation strategy. In both of your organizations, digital transformation and strategy had already started prior to the pandemic. Can you please share um, your digital transformation journey and how the pandemic has changed the focus in your organization? And give a, our audience some tips um, if they're just starting their transformation journey. So Julian, can you um, share with us? Yeah, gladly. Uh, so I joined GetYouGuide about two and a half years ago, and we were in a strong growth and, and scaling phase. So one of my first tasks and jobs, and, and continuously until the pandemic hit us, was to find ways to digitize things and to find platforms that support our growth. 
So uh, in, in summary, our pre-pandemic approach to this was already quite elaborate and we had several projects running uh, to introduce um, new technologies or self-service platforms such as Payslip. We've been working with Payslip I think for a year and a half now, uh, which was one big milestone for us to digitize managing payroll and uh, giving employees access to the Payslip in one central platform across all countries and um, working in a structured way with our ICPs. Um, we were also, you know, investing in equity management uh, platforms where, you know, we have a, a equity program for our employees and that was kind of very paper-based when I joined and we introduced new technologies in that field. Um, also, we invested in HR ticketing systems so that we can have a more scalable way to answer employee requests. Um, so those were all things that we were invested in. We were even uh, in the middle of a major HRIS change from kind of a small startup solution to one of those bigger players. Uh, and we had to put that on ice when uh, the bookings went down and when, when the pandemic hit us. Um, and ho hopefully uh, by the time we get out of the pandemic, we, we can pick up the pace again and, and go back to those bigger bigger topics as this is completely necessary for a company that is in a high growth state. And um, the, I, I guess the, the tip that the advice or, or kind of what helps us continue that conversation also with uh, senior leaders and executives is that um, this is of course a scalability question, but it is also an employee experience question. So if you think about uh, Get You Guide as a company, we're building a customer platform with the goal to, to have a fantastic booking experience for anybody who comes on our app. And that's what our employees are used to, right? They, they are building uh, a fantastic platform. They have very high standards of how a website should look like and an app. Uh, so I think from HR side, we should have the same high bar of providing great technologies for them and uh, easy ways to request vacation days or find information on how to you know, request uh, or, or how to uh, you know, understand our performance and, and uh, compensation systems. So that expectation is there. So it's easy to create that internal buy-in for those projects. And um, we we do see the value as well for, for anything that we launch where we provide more uh, employee experience and more self-service, such technologies such as Payslip or the equity management system. That is highly appreciated. And uh, no, we, we will certainly do more of it uh, when, when we come on. You, um, your employees expect what they're delivering to the customer, so they have high demands. So, and I know we've talked often the employee experience, since you also have HR and payroll, is is a big uh, responsibility to make sure that you're meeting that those needs. So, Colin, hop out over at Log Me In. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. We did start the digital transformation pre-pandemic so i guess we were kind of at an advantage there with you know introducing payslip as, as our you know kind of um kind of reporting um platform where we can communicate with our in-country partners through through one solution um you know log me in builds great software 
Um, so, you know, why not kind of look to the marketplace for great payroll software too? So, and that's what I was tasked with in 2018, um, looking at how to kind of digitize and bring together and tie all of our countries together um, in one kind of te technological platform. And what's new in the market, I think is really important. Who's thinking outside the box? Who's, who's you know, who's uh, who kind of sees the, the challenges that are in the market and, and is providing a technological solution for them? Um, so yeah, so that was that was 2018, and and 2019 was all about implementation of this digital transformation of our of our you know the way we communicate with our in-country partners, who we were delighted to, um, to 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 say that they were also you know they also bought into you know the new technologies as well and and the new way of working and communicating with each other. Um, and then came the pandemic. So, so what do we do? Of course, we kind of say, okay, let's pause things for now. Let's settle in. Let's see what happens. Because you know, when we all left the office in March, it's like, okay, see you at the end of the month. Yeah, we'll be back in the office at the end of the month. So it's it's pausing, it's pausing things. But then halfway through halfway through the year, we kind of realized, hang on a sec, everything's going well. We don't need to pause anymore. Let's keep going ahead. And and you know, you know, we we continued with um, employee self service modules. Um, as part of the software in in 2020, um, during during the pandemic, we saw challenges in Israel where there was no way to distribute payslips to employees manually. You know, they handed out the, the paystubs to the employees one by one on location. We can't do that when we're all working from home. So you know, we we, we saw problems and we came up with solutions. Um, and that's you know all through using using the same the same you know payslip solution. Um, so yeah, so I think we were we were at an advantage in that we kind of did it beforehand. So you know it was business as usual for us in, in the early days. We did kind of treat it with you know kid gloves in the in the first few months of the of the, uh, the pandemic. But once we knew that actually this is working quite well, we can still work productively and, and efficiently and quickly and accurately and on time. You know no need to pause projects anymore. Let's continue, and, and we did. Well, I think it's important that both of you recognize uh, that the importance of, of having the technology and using technology, but also recognizing the experience for your employees and, and using that as a, a sell to upper management when they do investments. And it does, um, as we all know, when somebody comes into the organization, if they've been exposed to those tools, that's what they expect uh, the next organization they join. And so it does it does have a pressure when we're attracting talent, but also keeping talent and along with our entire processes. So yes, I would agree you guys got an early start, but with everything, everyone stopped for a few months with um, COVID because we thought it was gonna be over in two months, but we still needed challenges to move forward. So great. So let's go on to the, the next um, question. So every organization in the world was impacted by the pandemic depending on the business impact was different as we saw um, earlier when both colin and julian were sharing some organizations needed to reduce work hours and staff while others in technology were increasing staff what role did reporting play in your organization to support the business as you all know, payroll is one of the biggest expenses in an organization, and often employees' costs might not have been considered. So what are your thoughts? So Julian, what are your thoughts on what reporting um, played in your organization? 
Right. So reporting on staff costs was a, a big consideration for us, obviously, while we were trying to figure out the best way to save uh, money and, and preserve cash. Maybe taking a step back and um, explaining for the audience how the HR team is structured and what role payroll plays, I think that's helpful uh, for, this, for this question. So we are a team of HR journalists, mostly, um, who also do payroll. Um, from speaking with other companies, I, I think that is rather unusual. Um, we have no specific payroll team, and payroll is this area that is somewhere between HR and accounting. Um, so for our structure, that means that we need to have a very strong collaboration and relationship with the accounting team. And um, especially when it comes to reporting and having everything the right way in accounting, but then also for reporting for more the, the financial planning analysis side of things, uh, that all of us get the data that we need out of the pace of the platform, right? So we have lots of lots of people in the room when it comes to payroll reporting, and we had a bunch of meetings also with Mary and others with, with different team members who had an interest in understanding how how payslip works and how payroll reporting works. Um, so for that, the standardized reports we get for all countries uh, from a tool like payslip was an enormous help for us and facilitated, facilitated the discussion between accounting and HR um, a lot. And we did use these reports for critical business topics for, for calculating staff cost saving uh, measures. So to re reduce hiring, understanding how much hire, hires we could still do, how much backfill hires we could still do, how much incremental hires we could still do going into 2021 as well. Um, that also helped us understand how much we have to reduce working hours and how much we would be dependent on the government programs to support us through the crisis. And um, we also did have, like we, we tried six months really, really hard to um, cut costs um, go with the government programs without doing any layoffs, which was quite exceptional in the travel industry. We did, when we realized that in 2021 the recovery would not be as phenomenal as we may have hoped in the beginning, we did, unfortunately, have had to do some um, uh, layoffs of, I think, roughly 10% of the company. And of course, in that exercise, uh, which was also done within a very short period of time, uh, staff cost reporting was essential to understand. Where do we need to go? What can we still afford? And also, how can we still invest in the people that stay to make sure that they that they actually stay and that they're engaged and retained throughout 2021? Um, so yeah, with with all of that, we we were very dependent on accurate reporting, and it worked out fine. And um, you know, we're, we're on the path to you know, as I mentioned, slowly starting to invest again into our people and. Uh, at some more headcount and hopefully over the summer when people start traveling again. I'm also counting on you, Mary. Uh, uh, to yeah. <laughs> then then this can continue. Well I have my list. <laughs> I have my list of places. So uh, how about you, Colin? Yeah, I think I guess LogMean will be the contrast um to to get your guide because um you know, we didn't have to reduce working hours. In fact, as you've probably guessed by now, because we provide kind of remote working um, software, um, our business did quite well uh, last year um, and has continued to doing uh, to be you know doing very well again this year. 
Um, so from a kind of reducing kind of working hours, um, we were fortunate enough not to have to go down that road. Um, and I know a lot of companies did, um, and it's not an easy thing to do. So I guess from a reporting point of view, you know, certainly, um, you know, it's, it's very sales orientated, um, as you can as you can imagine in software. Um, so pulling together reports um, on commissions across um, all of our countries from one system has been has been really easy to do. Um, uh, and you know, in order to in order to be able to do that, it speeds up your ability to be able to to, to work and report. Um, but I guess we're you know, we're fortunate that our uh, that our that our company has has grown um, since the, the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, um, yeah, it's, we've we've been one of the one of the lucky companies, uh, us and Zoom and all of those other companies <laughs> that provide those those that that meeting software um, or the webinar software um, or remote access software. Um, it's it's been it's it's been really really good. I would agree. It's definitely a a different uh, kind of uh, period of time, where every you know different industries have not been impacted, where others have, and just the impact is, is amazing. But Colin, the commissions uh, keep those people selling your product, and we all know our salespeople want to have a projection of how well they are going to achieve those goals. So it is very important to keep them happy, especially um, in in a growth period. So. Thank you for that. Definitely. So that kind of brings us a little bit into the next question that we're going to look at is uh, the pandemic changed the vision on how we work. And never before in history time have we had a global workforce working remotely for almost 11 months. It's opened us to explore remote work, partial uh, remote, providing flexibility to employees, in your organization, do you have the right technology standardization to meet the workforce needs of 2021 and beyond? What are your thoughts on that? So how about first we go to Colin? Um, yeah, I think, you know, pre-pandemic, there was a lot of calls for, you know, flexibility and log me in employees, you know, when there, there was a Pulse survey, um, you know, a, a big, kind of ask with coming back was, you know, can we have flexibility? Um, part of that was, you know, working from home maybe once a week or once a month or having the flexibility on their hours. Um, and I think what the pandemic has done, um, I think it's accelerated that by a number of years. Um, probably accelerated it by a few years um, in LogMeIn, probably by more years in other companies that weren't ready or, or you know, weren't, weren't able to adapt quickly to working from home. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of working in the in the in the remote environment. So certainly in the early days, we kind of said, okay, well, what's your working persona? If we were to kind of look at um, how much you would like to come into the office, um, you know, do you want to be fully remote all of the time? Do you want to be mostly remote? You know, um, not not remote. Do you want to be in the office all the time? And just a recent survey of employees in in December um, found that. Actually, 75% of people preferred being remote. Only 3% of employees um, across the, all of our global um, um, offices wanted to remain in the office. So 3% is a really low figure. 
Um, 75% now, 75% ranges from being fully remote, which was about 46%, and mostly remote. Mostly remote, we're kind of saying maybe once or twice in the office per month. Um, yeah, so you're talking 75% in total wanted, you know, some kind of, you know, being remote. But I think those percentages are also high because people in December have gotten used to working remote. They have their kind of nice office setup now. Um, uh, so they're kind of relaxing into, you know, how the, how the change has, has impacted them. Um, and I think LogMeIn has certainly taken that on board that we were kind of, we were kind of leading from the front and saying, you know what, we're going to be a work from anywhere company. Um, you know, we're going to kind of lead by example, and we're going to go out and uh, and we're going to say we're a work from anywhere company. Um, so then you think, okay, well, what's the you know what are our offices? We had some fantastic offices uh, around the uh, around the globe. What's going to happen to them? So yeah, so we can you know perhaps reduce the size of them in in some locations, but they're going to be collaboration spaces. You know, they're going to be spaces where we go in and we train or we or we meet up. Um, or we have, you know, we, we come up with ideas or, or create a, you know, an entrepreneurial environment within the office. It's not going to be a place where we go to work anymore. Um, and that saves us time on commute, you know, that saves us cost of commute. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think, you know, we're, we're definitely a work from anywhere company and it's working really well. Um, and, you know, like I said, only 3% of those of, of our global employee population would prefer to work in the office full time. Okay, um, I, I definitely think you're the, the leader that has stood out right away and say you're, you, can, you make the decision and you move forward and the organization and upper management is supporting that and I think we're seeing that with some other tech companies. So what about you, Julian? What, what, are, you, what, are, what are the thoughts over at Get Your Guide? Yeah, th things are indeed quite different at Get Your Guide and we're you know we're not not yet ready to go fully remote and i think that that also has uh that that's also rooted in our company culture and our product maybe even because you know if you imagine that um traveling and being a tourist somewhere is something very personal and something you would ideally like to do in person and live and face to face uh, it's not not the same if you see an, a picture of the eiffel tower or a video versus actually seeing it live and maybe a, a, a live guide uh, taking you through it and same same for our suppliers our uh, tour operators that that we try to get on board our platform um to convince them to work with us you know they they would usually like to see us and see our sales local sales team meet with them understand um you know that they can trust us so i think all of that influences our company culture and uh, that means that we're we're still discussing what we uh, how, how to deal with this remote question that uh, has not been answered uh, yet or has not been resolved. So it, we're currently in the middle of a, of an initiative that uh, our head of workplace and you know I'm supporting there as well is driving to find out what what our employee needs, what what would they like, uh, similar to the survey that Colin talked about that they already launched. So we want to launch something like that as well. Uh, we also have uh, certain employee groups on diversity, on employee health, and we want to involve those employee groups as well. Our founders, of course, have a certain uh, opinion and certain perspective. And so far in our initial conversations, we see that it's, it is very unclear and very contradicting um, what, what people want and uh, where, where Get Your Guide should move. So it's going to be a challenging exercise because we're not, 
I don't think we have this kind of high 70, 80 percentage of people who want to go fully remote. We have some people and some teams who are very strongly in favor of working in, in the office um, most of the time. Um, personally, I'm probably somewhere in the middle of I I probably would like to go to the office once or twice a week if, if it makes sense and then the rest of the time work remote. Um, but we have very different perspectives at Vichybuys. And I think that still requires a bit of time to figure out how that um, it's going to work out, how um, we get enough buy-in from all our leaders and all our employees, and how that fits our company culture as well. So that it's an interesting project that I'm looking forward to seeing how it evolves. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think. think Go ahead, Colin. Sorry, no, I was just going to jump in there. I think we have challenges, you know, from this remote remote working as well. Just this week, I heard the term digital nomad. You know, people wanting to kind of work work from anywhere cultures. Does that mean I can work in Morocco? Does that mean I can work in, you know, more exotic South Africa? Can I work in? So there are lots of considerations that, that we have found ourselves in also working remotely. You know, is it sustainable? Is it legal? Is it practical? So these are our three criteria in which we're saying, can you legally work in that country that you know you're going to? Um, is it sustainable? Can you do it long term? Uh, do you have the facilities? Is it practical? Is it in the same time zone as the rest of your team? So there's lots of considerations for that, that we have found ourselves in by working remotely now, or at least employees wanting to, to know more. And it hits payroll because there's a tax implication. You know, how long are you going to be there? And you know. Why are you going to be there? And what work are you doing while you're there? And so, yeah, there's lots of challenges as well. Well, thanks for bringing that up, Colin, because I definitely think we're going to see um, some countries that will put in new tax uh, periods of time, how long you work in that country and what the requirements are. So it's, it's, a, new, it's a new journey that we'll be on. So that's, uh, that's a, a new challenge that we'll be facing as we move forward in 2021 and into 2022. And then I think the importance of the culture is important in your organization. And as Julian mentioned, they we're a culture that's we're collaborative and in the office. And it's it's just making sure that it's the right fit and kind of the right blend. So definitely another uh, challenge that we have to work on. So our next question is: um, payroll and HR data is highly confidential across organizations. What steps um, should organizations take to ensure data security while staying compliant to local com compliance laws during the pandemic? And what is your working from home model with this data privacy? So Colin, want to provide us some input on the what uh, steps you took on data privacy from working from home? Yeah, I think we have systems in place that are very, you know, good good I have good security systems in place um I think you know yourself the the data security requirements um that log me in require um are 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 huge they're stringent um it's really important if you're releasing if you have a product called LastPass where you are encouraging people to store all their passwords in this in this uh, in the software you need to ensure that you have the best of the best security around that you know around your your um your servers um do you know now that you kind of mentioned this i think we need to think more about it I think we need to think, and it's something I haven't done a lot of yet. I haven't thought a lot of 
working from home and what are the security problems that might arise from working from home. We have all of the systems. Our IT infrastructure is secure. We know that. What else is going on? You know, are you working in uh, in an area where you're working with other adults? Uh, you're all working from home and you have payroll data or HR data on your screen. Have you thought about that? Are you going to do anything about that? Um, you know, even the the recordings of your meetings, uh, are they being recorded and who are they being sent to? Can you ensure the security around that? Similarly, now I'm working from home, you, we probably found ourselves, or the people on this call, um, might find themselves still receiving change of bank details by email. Is email secure now? It's going through your router in your house. Are you sure it's secure now? Um, so I think there are lots of considerations and lots of things and details you know you know need to think of. And it's kind of that question's given me a lot of pause for thought um, in in so far as I need to be thinking more about the working from home environment security, not necessarily IT infrastructure. That's 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 a given. Um, but what about your working from home? You know, roommates. What conversations are you having that, you know, your kids are telling, you know, their kids on their next Zoom meeting? You know, so I think there are things that that, that we need to be very cognizant of now. Okay, thank you. The very good um, thoughts, uh, Colin. What about you, Julian? Yeah, I, I agree with Colin. It's similar uh, from my perspective that it was not a key area that we focused on and doubled down on in, in 2020, and that there's probably some, some room to to think about how to optimize that even further now that you know the the work from home setup is so established, also with Get Your Guide. Um, so what what we've kind of in the HR team have become more mindful of is indeed similar to what Colin said, um, what other things to share via email? Can we push people to even go more self-service and you know have everything in our platforms like Baselip and, and, and give access for, for people to download whatever they need? Um, similarly to remote meetings, which of them do we need to record? Which of them do, would we prefer not to record? How do we provide access to those who are not in the same time zone currently? Uh, how do we make sure that they are able to, to see those company meetings, but at the same time, then can we say everything in company-wide meetings that we would have used to say before? So th those are considerations for us. And yeah, also what, what Colin mentioned, um, who, who, who else is in your uh, apartment, right? Is this anybody listening? Is there a roommate? Is, is there a partner? Um, but then on the other hand, uh, uh, something that we had in the office sometimes is that our meeting rooms were not soundproof. And we had to be very careful. We had to like talk very low, and uh, some, maybe that's that's easier if you work from home because you know you might not have anybody around, and uh, you don't have to worry about who's in the meeting room next to you. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something to think about. And I know um, when I talk to other payable professionals, and especially since I spent, I, I have a high interest in data privacy. I always try to just remind people it doesn't matter in national disasters that the data privacy rules in that particular country apply. And I did have, you know, some professionals that talked to me and some of their teams, they didn't even have an office. So they were sharing the table like with their kids and they, they just did a, a refresh of some data privacy rules just to refresh. It's not that the employee didn't already know working in an HR and payroll space, but you know, those things just happened because there was no space. And it is something as we look at the remote from home situation, uh, it, it 
we'll have some challenges with uh, how that's all going to fit together. Hopefully, the everyone's going off to their going off to school and not at home, and so uh, everybody has their new positions as we move forward to that new model. That in some organizations, but it definitely is a challenge. Organizations have to to look at, it. and as leaders, we also have to be aware of what's actually happening. So, in closing, uh, one. What advice would you give to our audience to ensure you take adequate measures to ensure that you are future-proofing your HR and payroll operations? So how about, Julian, you uh, take that question first. Hmm. Okay. Um, maybe I'll give you a bit of an unusual answer um, just because of the, the particular situation that GetYouGuide was in and is still in. So I think for, for my HR team, and they're responsible for, for the future-proof future payroll uh, that you referred to, it has been a very stressful year. So my team itself was affected by reduced working hours by short-time work, um, and that you know, meant that they had to do a more complex job in, in less hours, more complex because the payroll complexity increased by a lot with, with these government programs. Uh, like short-term work, we had to introduce a, a rather complex time-tracking system for people to submit timesheets that would then go directly to payroll, something we've never done before. It's very far away from how, where we are culturally, um, and, and that increased the payroll complexity by quite a lot, while at the same time, uh, my, my team was on reduced working hours. So where I'm getting at is that um, I think my key focus these days is that I'm I'm thinking about how to support my team's mental health and keep the workload under control, give them a safe space to share their concerns and their fears maybe, and just make sure that while while we as an HR organization mostly have to take care of other people who come to us with with their concerns and a lot of people reach out to my team with uh, mental health questions and asking for resources, and then sometimes we forget about taking care of ourselves. And I think that is, the, for me, the key thing that makes the HR and the payroll team future-proof. If we're, if we're making sure that they have all the resources and that they have the mental health and the capacities that is needed to do the job. Now, Julian, I really think that that's, uh, that's key. And I think that as leaders, that's something that we, we definitely need to look at. So Colin, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think... There isn't a better answer than that. I, I think, you know, empathy uh, and being empathetic encapsulates it. Um, I think you're right, Julian, what you said. You have to, you know, you, you know when you're when you're going on a flight, when we will be going on flights in the future, when they say, put your mask on first, then you look after. So I think it's important that you look after your own mental health first. Um, I think, you know, you need to... Um, you know, look after look after the team, check in on the team, you know, connect with them regularly because you're not sitting beside them anymore um, like we used to do. And we don't have those kind of, you know, cooler, water cooler conversations or those very brief five second conversations, but those very brief five second questions. Um, they, they're not there anymore. I think LogMeIn is, is very aware where and since the beginning since the early days of, of the lockdown we've provided self-care days so that's a day off a month um, and i know technology companies do kind of um, provide 
important something around self-care or recognizing um, the, the need for mental health and, and self-care on those days. And those days are great because everybody in the company is off. Um, and we try to encourage no email exchange during that day unless it's an emergency. Um, so it's nice that you're not coming, you're having a day off and you're not coming back to loads of emails. Um, and that, that makes it, you know, even, even better, um, makes it, makes it uh, important, but also screen burnout. I, I know we were chatting beforehand. Lots of people have, have webinar burnout, they've meeting burnout. They're just looking and interacting with, you know, screen all day. And that, and that in itself can be tiring. And I think there's a lot of companies out there kind of might have no meeting day you know, um, and just, you know, get get through it. Um, but it's a very, yeah, like you said, Julian, I, I think you know, there's no better answer than, than provide that empathy going forward um, and just be really cognizant of, you know, what's happening in the team that is no longer physically around you. I, I would agree. I think it's uh, checking in with the team, uh, looking at meetings. That's one of the things I know um, here at Pacelup. We're looking at how long the meetings are, try to make them shorter. You know, you can book the hour, but let's try to get the 40, down to 40 or 45 minutes. That gives that person 15 minutes to get up and walk around, right? We have to think about our health, encouraging getting up, uh, making sure you're healthy. Um, I think it's just a matter of there is some employees that we have that are completely by themselves, right? So I do, I do have uh, some friends that have shared with me some people even at the senior level that were struggling uh, being by themselves, completely by themselves. And just it's, it's an environment that we all have to be aware. And if we do have somebody that needs a little more attention that us as leaders have to, to pay and listen. I think it's listening and and looking at what's actually going on. And we, we all have stressful jobs in payroll. There's a couple weeks that, as everyone's trying to work to get every, the employees paid for that experience, we do kind of have to watch for that. So that's really important. So Eva was um, going to uh, bring in a polling question. And I think Eva might have lost. Oh, she's here. Good. I wasn't yeah, sure about your internet, Eva. I know we had talked earlier that sometimes in the afternoon it goes out. So we are going to turn it over to you for our polling question. No, I'm here. Okay, one moment. I am going to just launch this. It should come up on everyone's screens now. It, it hasn't. I can't see it on mine. So I'm hoping you guys um, can see it. I see it on my screen, uh, Eva. Great. Okay, perfect. Okay, so um, so our question today is, do you have a digital transformation strategy for global payroll? And um, the um, answer is available there. Yes, we have a strategy and have begun working on it. Since the COVID pandemic, pandemic digital transformation has become a priority. No, we've no strategy in place, but it's something I'd like to work on. And no, my organization do not see it as a priority for global payroll. So... So, so Colin and Julian, while everyone is responding, what do you think the poll results will be? Um, it's hard to predict. Um, do do we know who's on the call? What uh, what, what companies and what uh, company sizes? Well, predominantly um, on the call, it's tech companies. So yeah, it would be large tech companies. Okay. Large tech multinationals predominantly. So I'd say we have we have a majority in the yes categories. That would be my guess. 
Yeah, yeah that's good to, good to see. Yeah, I, I would say for yeah. tech companies, yes. Um, others, maybe they're just on the journey. I, I think they might call it. Yeah, I think they might call it by something else. Might not be a digital transformation, but it could be something that looks like digital transformation. They might not recognize it as as actually putting systems into place where you know we can handle um, our global payroll. Um, uh, it's a yeah. I think it's a hard one to predict. I think it's going to be be between uh, the first two. I hope it's going to be between the first two. <laughs> okay. Well. I think everyone, it looks like everyone has voted. Um, so I should be able to, for some reason it's not coming up on my screen now, but I'm sure, hoping that you guys can see the results ah, yeah. now. Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. excellent. Yeah, so we've, yeah, wow. 64%. Fantastic. Which is excellent. Yeah, which is that, yeah. excellent, yeah. excellent. Um, interesting, 21% have no strategy in place, but would like to, which I suppose is one step closer. Well, it, it's one step closer, and, and often sometimes uh, it, they have to get senior management buy-in. So I think Colin and uh, Julian shared some, some pieces of uh, what they, the employee experience is one, the automation of the processes, the standardization, and then, of course, reporting are, are all things that they can bring as uh, business uh, initiatives and wins for the company. And so that's just, sometimes it's just getting on that journey. And then of course, I think this year has definitely helped us to raise the piece of digitization and having the technology. I'm sure everyone has new initiatives and strategies if they haven't had that. So I think it's very interesting, but it does, it does give us, you know, a good 78% uh, that people are working on the transformation. And that's good to present to upper management too when you're trying to build your business case to sell. So very important. Okay, we're almost at time, but we have time for one question. So Aoife, do you wanna ask the question or would you like me to ask the question? Um, no, I can ask it just one moment. I'm gonna okay. um, close down our poll. Um, let me see. Okay, so we have a good few questions in here. Um, suppose if we're staying, most of them are staying on the digital transformation so I'll, um, theme. So um, in relation to your digital transformation strategy, is there any tips or best practices you can share on gaining buy-in from the board or leadership team? It's a good question. I think for us, it was, it was a number of things. Um, uh, one of the big ones was cost. Um, I think we kind of found that you know we kind of went went direction that wasn't um, cost prohibitive. Um, we're a small tech company. You know we have about you know two and a half thousand employees internationally outside the U.S. We have a long tail, um, as it's as it's known. Um, so getting in some of the big aggregator providers was not cost effect was not a cost effective solution but that was just one of the criteria that we kind of looked at in our digital transformation we also wanted to look at how we could tie how we could communicate and tie in all of our payroll providers um into one into one system how we could report out one system how we could provide secure interface with our payroll providers or, or that are in country with our payroll and payroll administrators how we could communicate uh, how we could communicate that um, uh, 
cost will always be up there when you're talking to senior management, um, especially the budget holders. Um, and then, you know, it's it's an easy sell. You know, payroll is such critical critical data, um, and it's critical information, um, and it cannot fail. Uh, and because the payroll people are so dedicated and they get it right so often, um, it's seen as an easy task um, because it, it cannot fail. It has to be 100% right 100% of the time. So, um, yeah, I think you just need to kind of write down your priorities of kind of why you need a digital transformation strategy. And the poll was was great to see that people are already doing that. Um, so it's so it's good. It's good news. And Julian, do you have anything that you would like to share? Just just one or two points to add. Cost obviously is the, the one thing that uh, is is a no-brainer, but it is important to to break that down for for the senior management to understand what uh, what cost savings might might that introduction or that investment bring us in two years from now? Because um, that is always part of the deal, right? You you spend some time now, but then you will be more efficient, and in one or two years from now, you will actually have savings. Um, what I found helpful as well is to make a case on um, other companies and benchmarking against them, and make a case that um, other companies have have also moved, have introduced new systems. We need to stay ahead, and we need to. Uh, look out for our competitors, and if we don't do that, then we will have, we will not be successful in our people strategy. We will lose people to up to those other companies. That I found that a very good argument to get uh, senior leadership attention. Uh, essentially, if we don't do this, we're missing out. Kind of argument. And uh, if you already have their attention, um, but but it, you might be struggling with getting getting that final budget approved or or getting a decision. Then I always found it helpful if I present several options. For example, I have you know, three different platforms. I analyze them in detail, add reference calls, and and then here's my recommendation. That makes the conversation a lot easier than if you just come with one thing and it's a it's a black and white decision. No, I I think you both shared great um, insight and and yes, uh, Colin, as you said. Uh, the senior management underestimates the work that HR and payroll do because they are essential workers in the organization that make it right all the time. And so sometimes it just seems seamless to them. So why would you need to why would you need to spend any more money on, on something? So it's just communicating that story. So I want to thank um, Colin and Julian for sharing your insights today. Um, very valuable um, insights. I enjoyed the hour conversation with you. So thank you very much for taking the time out to share um, with our audience today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay, thank you everyone for attending. Um, the recording will actually be available afterwards, so um, we'll have it on our social media and we'll be emailing a link out. Um, if anyone has further questions, please uh, send them on directly to me and we can arrange to get those answered. Great. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.